This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. And welcome back to Cinema Vino. Hi. Hey. Hey. Um, this is going to be another special mini-sode looking at The Legend of Vox Machina as episodes Woot. 4, 5, and 6 on Amazon Video. So, um, again, for those of you who may have missed last week or forgotten last week, Travis is a hardcore fan of Critical Role. A Dungeons critter, and, if you will. Yeah, exactly. Dungeons and Dragons. Mm-hmm. And this show, so he is his level of fandom exceeds ours. So you're looking at this from two different angles, I think, from the, the new perspective, probably the in-between perspective, and then the hardcore fan perspective. That was you pointing at you, me, Travis, respectively. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes. Um, I pointed with my soul, I think. We are an audio medium. <laughs> Paint so, us a picture. So there will be spoilers, so we're not going to recap the entire yep. episodes. And so uh, Amazon's released these in three episode clumps every week. So there are 12 total. So, so there should be four of our podcast episodes on these bad boys. Which I'm curious how they kind of stumbled upon that format because... It's unusual. Uh, it's a weird halfway point between the one episode a week and the full season drop. Yeah. And Amazon has dabbled in both, and I don't know how they landed on three episodes, four at a time. Yeah. Or four, yeah, or three at four chunks of three episodes, mm-hmm. but it, it works. Kind of in between. It's kind I guess of in because between it's like the... coming in between. Yep. <laughs> 30 minute episodes. It's like dropping a movie every week. Yeah. They usually do what? Two episodes or a three episode drop. Um, just to get you in the door, which I like because you can watch a first episode and then, cause I think I, that's how I watched wheel of time and maybe invincible. Mm-hmm. They give you the first two, maybe three. Yeah. And then you're like somewhat more invested. Yeah. First one's free. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Like, a, just like a deal. Well, and the, yeah. the other one that they're promoting right now is Reacher that just dropped and they dropped a full season. They dropped like eight episodes. Did you yeah. watch all of them? Because uh, you yet. watched not some yet. of Reacher. That, they're long episodes. I can't get Are through. They? I can't get through a whole season. And I couldn't get into week. the Tom Cruise movies. I mean, I, don't know. I just didn't. Do I, I I don't think it's anything like the Tom Cruise movies. No, but that's a different podcast. Yeah. Oh, it's a different kettle of fish. I say. So, what'd you guys? Different pocket of ponies. <laughs> different barrel of monkeys. Ooh. What'd you guys think different of these bag of bricks? Three episodes <laughs> of, of Vox Machina. Um, I, I think it's kind of like that. I enjoyed them on a superficial level, just like one, two, and three. I'm a little, they're, I think, obviously getting deeper and deeper. I don't know if they're leveling up D&D style during these episodes, like if they're getting more powerful. I don't know how that's going like in terms of their quest, but I feel like they're, you're, we're getting deeper and deeper into the D&D pool. Mm-hmm. And so I feel like I'm, I'm a little more confused, I guess, a little more lost. Yeah, it, episodes four and five, uh, except for the end of five, uh, didn't happen in the stream at all. So they basically manufactured What, what, what parts those. of that specifically didn't happen in the stream that they're adding in? Uh, well, I think they all, all they had to do after the fight with the, the Briarwoods on, in front of uh, the Uriel, the end of episode Sovereign three. Urals, uh, uh, 
you know, keep or castle, whatever. Um, I think they were questioned by the guards and the kings, and they were like, yeah, we, we're going to go take care of this Whitestone thing. It's Percy's family, and they're like, oh, okay. So I don't remember there being much of a, a to-do about that, and they weren't confined to their keep. So they didn't, like, trap them and, like, how dare you yeah. attack the Briarwoods? Well, they, they might have confined them, but there was no, none of the crazy, uh, you know, ghoul... Uh, ghost specter monsters? ghost monster fight that was cool and there was no um in episode five there was no uh crazy wolf tongue creature thing yeah. and stealing back a, a a book or a diary i don't remember any of that they just uh, had a normal kind of they fought a a bee here which or a bahir whatever which is kind of like a giant wingless dragon that shoots lightning. It's kind of a... It just uh, sounds like a lizard. Yeah, just yeah. Just, a, just a big lizard, and then they fought a couple other things, and then they discovered, I guess, that on the way to Whitestone, uh, Silas and Delilah had destroyed an entire um, tribe of uh, stone giants, and then I guess they zombified them, and that's what you see in... Episode, episode six, six. Okay. walking around. Those okay. are their enforcers. And they're like, oh shit, they took out this entire tribe of stone giants and then zombified them to make them even harder to kill. Like, I feel like if, if those were, they're great enforcers, not great sentries. You can easily hide from a, a zombie giant. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah, for sure. But they make great enforcers because you they, know where you they know. are at all times. Like, mm-hmm. You can see them from like blocks away. Yeah. yeah. So great like, enforcers. Almost like giant golems, basically like. Flesh golems, undead golems. I don't know how to. Yeah, well, so a flesh golem is basically like uh, Frankenstein or Frankenstein's monster. Yeah. Um, But yeah, a little bit. They're they're harder to kill. Flesh golem is actually the name of my next album. (laughs) (laughs) By Lutheran Jedi's. That's right. (laughs) Um, And so, I mean, I enjoy the battles. I enjoy, you know, because I play Warcraft and I'm vaguely, and I did play a little bit of Magic the Gathering as a kid. So it's like I'm vaguely familiar with like the powers and stuff that's going on. So I know who is what. You know, so I can keep track of that in the in the battles themselves in a vague way. I don't know what the specific powers are called. You know, for example, what's her name, Pike, as a cleric. I know yeah. the stuff she's doing. I don't know what it's called in the D and D setting. So yeah, well, I don't I don't know if I need to know that. Cleric but I, or paladin? Yeah, she's a cleric. Yeah. And then Vexalia with the the bear trinket. She's a ranger, and they have a power called primeval awareness, which is when they use it, they can kind of ding out and see if there's like a. Um, a, you know, demon, a dragon, um, feel, feel undead, something like that. Yeah. And they've essentially just made that into a spider sense for her, like giving her a, like a headache. Um, in this world, because it's based on 5th edition Dungeons & Dragons, and so the reason Percy is the only one that has a, a gun um, is a special house rule that they had done because this guy wanted to play this character. And so in this world... Percy was given the idea to create and tinker and make the first gun in this world by some crazy dream that he had after this trauma. Is he an artificer? Yeah, basically. He's, okay. he's kind of a, a fighter, but tinker artificer thing. Yeah. Because I, I thought guns were canon in 5th edition, but it's like as an artificer, it's sort of like a, you know, it might be now. thing. Maybe. Yeah. I don't know. This you, was you early 5th edition. Yeah. I don't like guns in my D&D. I don't think they make sense because I don't know, everybody would it's, it's steam try and have it, one or do one. There's limits to it. It's mm-hmm. not like, you know, it's not like you're walking around with a fucking M16. Yeah. Yeah. But 
The uh, um, <laughs> it'd be fucking awesome if you were. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It'd be a lot easier to take out a dragon. Yeah. The only part now dragons are too magic that didn't uh, really stick for me was the very end of episode five because there was a whole part in the live stream where they see the sun tree for the first time and they see that um, people hanging from the tree. They didn't stick that landing in this uh, in the series. They show it at the end of episode five and the beginning of episode six. <laughs> but as they approach the town, they're like, what the fuck are these giant zombies? And they're kind of trying to hide from them. And they're getting closer to the sun tree, which is, um, you know, not vibrant anymore. And all of a sudden, they're, he's the dungeon master is describing. They're like, yeah, you see this person, and they have maybe red paint through their hair, and they've killed a bear, and all these things are... And then at some point, one of them goes, oh, my God, it's us. And the rest of them are like, wait, what? They're like, yeah, they've made... And they're like, holy shit, are they us? They're like, no, they killed random people that somewhat looked like us and then dressed them up and then trussed them up in this tree. And you're like, that is some weird, fucked up shit. That's some Blair Witch stuff. Yeah, but it was not done... It it didn't... Did that translate for you guys at all? I don't know exactly what... I kind of guessed that, but... Yeah, I no, know. I I got it. I figured out what they were doing, especially when she placed like little medallion mm-hmm. on the little oh, girl. Yeah, but I think, and I think this is kind of the crux of where this show is kind of falling in the middle ground of like it it isn't doing for the stream watchers what the stream did, and it's not doing for the non stream watchers what the stream did. You right, know? Yeah. it's kind of landing somewhere in the middle, and everyone's just sort of kind of going, huh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's supposed to be a bit like, you know, the animation reminds me of, but a bit like Avatar Last Airbender, where there's yeah, those funny moments of, of childlike humor and, and dick and fart jokes, but then there's also crazy, you know, they're as serious as they want to be in, in some areas. And it's it's a, it's a weird juggling act they, they have to do. Yeah. And I just don't know. Well, and I'm I still think, enjoying so, all of it. So part of, and what I what I think is fun about the D&D world is the, the dice rolls, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So the whole thing is like your fate is entirely dependent on rolls. Mm-hmm. So if you are trying to do something, you say, I want to do this. And then you have to roll a dice or a die uh, to determine how successful you were. And sometimes you just fail. And I think they wrote that into this show pretty well is that they try to do stuff and it just doesn't work. Yeah. Like... Or you do a, a saving roll when you like go off a cliff and it's like you try to save him with a rope arrow, the rope arrow broke. Yeah. You know, you, you it does have you rolled a two. Yeah. And it's like, oh, but uh, you know, he threw, you know, he rolled a twenty for his saving roll and he managed to lift himself up with yeah. a giant hand. Yeah. You know, I think exactly. I think that vibe translates well and I think that's where I as a very casual um nerd have enjoyed it. Yeah. It's fun. Yeah, it's it's fun, and I, I don't know if that's landing the same way for non-enjoyers, but yeah. Um, I mean, I would put it this way: it's like I'm I'm enjoying it. I'm having you know I'm enjoying like the the stuff like the battles and the camaraderie at the and surface level. Jokes. Yeah, yeah. Um, does it make me want to play D and D more? No, mm-hmm. it doesn't do that for no. me. Right. No. So because it because it doesn't like you say it doesn't translate the stuff that I associate that's fun about D and I don't get that same. Exactly like what you said. I don't get that mm-hmm. same where it's like, oh my god, I just rolled a you know die twenty, and now he's dead. You know, 
Yeah, it definitely it doesn't twenty. What it doesn't yeah. quite capture the live stream or the it, it's it's an odd translation. It's not bad. It could always be better, you know. But it's 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 not something where obviously I watched all the live streams and I'm wanting to show it to people that don't want to sit down again and watch a four to six hour thing and try and dilute and take the whatever magic they're able to to capture there. It's not quite translating, but I've sat down and watched this with my dad. And he's like, oh, yeah, aren't there three more episodes? I'm like, oh, I thought you'd be done with this. All right, cool. Yeah. So it's something he can, you know, it's more palatable, even though it might not be knocking it out of the park. I mean, it's still a, a great show. It's just. Yeah. Yeah. I, th I think like we said last disconnect. week is they took 400 hours of however long this campaign was, boiled it down to its essence and put it into 12 episodes. Like there's going to be stuff that is not going to fall the same way as the 400 hours because it's hashed out and played out to such depth. But, um, you know, I think the show does a good job. It's, it's telling a story pretty well so far. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, it's not really dragging, but it, it also feels like a D and D quest where it's like, Oh, you have done this. Now you must go to this place and do this. Mm -hmm. It's like, oh, you have lost your sense with the blah, blah, blah. You must go and reconnect with your goddess because you are powerless. Yeah. 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 Well, I mean, there, some of my, my favorite moments are still to come, but one of the first ones I was thinking of was the sun tree and the, the you know, that reveal. And I was just like, oh, this isn't, doesn't have quite the same impact. Yeah. But Knowing what happens later, there's a bunch of stuff that they're setting the groundwork for, and some of it was pre-stream, like during the the fight with the the blue dragon. In his cave, you come in and you see a weird eye sitting in a rock, and you're like, "What the fuck is that?" Everything comes back around, and uh, the the best, I would say, the best is still yet to come because it just gets uh, crazier from here in the stream. But it's interesting to see them put in the building blocks now with the you know forethought I have of what's coming next. Yeah, well, it's great to see like basically it's like D and D. If you're a D and D fan or D and D player, it's like you get to see it with like professional actors and professional storytellers, like a like a DM who's an actual like professional in the industry, you know, who can really spin a good story, you know, maybe better than a lot of DMs could. Well, and like I said last week, Matt Mercer has really become the face of D&D &D because of the work he's done with Critical Role. Yeah. So this is truly like, it, it's like storyboard writing. You're writing a story. So it's, it, we've talked about it with, I think, Game of Thrones, where, you know, the the way that George R. R. Martin writes a story is he kind of creates characters and then puts those characters in scenarios and says, all right, let's follow what these characters would do in that scenario. Which is a great way to do it. Which mm -hmm. is great. And that's exactly what D and D is. Mm -hmm. You know, you're putting, you have characters, you're putting them in a scenario and then you're saying, okay, follow the path of what these characters are going to do. Yeah. And in a roundabout way, they just followed the path of how it goes to write a good story. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, just natural. Yeah. One of the frustrating things to me is, again, four and five were essentially not part of the stream. I'm going to be, uh, again, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm nitpicky, but uh, I would be a little upset if they don't put in some of those key moments from the actual stream just so that they can spend two episodes to make it a little bit more cohesive because there's a whole, and, and they're not going to use this part, but there's, you know, after this whole big reveal of like, oh, it's Percy in the Briarwoods. Well, 
the guy who voiced Percy, Talison Jaffe, couldn't be there for the next game or was sick the next one. They were like, well, shit, this is Percy-centric, so we're going to have to say, well, he went to go tinker and stuff in his uh, office, and he won't see anybody. He's, he's sequestered himself. Mr. Lebowski has sequestered in the West Wing. Yep. But, um, and so they have to have an episode where they're not with him to give him time, and they have this whole thing where... They have to figure out why all these cows are going missing from this area. And they're like, oh, shit, we can investigate that real quick. Side quest. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. And they find out it's this giant uh, rock, which is a huge, like, 747-sized, you know, bird of prey. And they have to try and go take it out. <laughs> but it's it's a kind of a funny episode where they disguise themselves as cows to try to get snatched up <laughs> by this bird. They're not going to do it in the stream, but I was like, this is stupid fucking Dungeons and Dragons shit that I definitely want to see animated. Yeah. But they're they're probably not going to do it. They've got flags of it in their keep, I guess, the little Easter eggs and stuff. But that's just weird D&D shit that, that you get into that is not going to get translated. I'm like, this this has to happen as an episode. Yeah. We're all cows. I'm like, yes, of course. That's how you do it. Yeah. I'll be curious to see where it goes from some seven, eight, nine. Mm-hmm. See what happens next. So, would you guys give it out of ten? The, these three episodes. How is it? How is it working for you, you non nerds of D and would say six for me. Okay. Yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm in the six, six and a half range overall. I would agree. Yeah, I'm right there. Yep. So, works for me. Three yeah. stars. Yeah. yeah. Out of five. <laughs> yeah. So, and it, it, like I said, the best may be to come, and that may upgrade. I may say, oh damn, this is real good. Get me some die twenty, you know. <laughs> you can definitely tell they're enjoying making this, so and that and that comes across for sure. Yeah, the so voice all, acting's great. All the voice actors are the ones that play in the Critical Role campaign, right? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I thought. I just want to make sure. So, I think I would be a ranger if I rolled. I think I'd, that's yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's what I do. Maybe with a little. I don't know if you can do a ranger slash like rogue hybrid, but yeah, you can. You could be multi class, and actually, that's well. That's what Vexalia does in the in the game. She takes a few levels of rogue like her brother. So, you know, so she can do some sneak attack damage at range. Really fuck things up. It seems like, and correct me if I'm wrong here, low-hanging fruit to establish canon that your um, sorceress, is she a sorceress? Whatever she is, has the ability to create an artificial sun in her hands. Oh, Keyleth. She's a druid, right? She's the druid, yeah. Whilst fighting vampires. Yeah. Yeah. That seems like an an obvious, like, Chekhov's gun that is definitely going to come back into play. Mm -hmm. Um, Just throwing that out there. Yeah, for sure. And, and, you know, that's what happened in-game. Druids in the game, um, they know all of their spells out the gate. They just have to think of spells as, like, you only have a suitcase so large and you have so many spells that you can pack there. So she can't cast every spell all the time. She has to sit there and be like, okay, what might I use today? And, you know, try and try and pack for the day. And then she has so much spell I power. Play, I might that play she a druid do that. if I were to do Druids, I, I love druids. Yeah, so. druids is, is what I love to play. I loved playing a druid in Diablo 2. Yeah, I still never played that. But I love, yeah, the <laughs> shape changing and just turning into a... Yep. A falcon or like an owl or something, just fly around and scout and just yeah, they're I'm, badass. I'm a monk fan too, though. Yeah, I trust you. You a fighter? Yeah, 
Okay. Yeah, I do love that. I love the idea that they don't even need like a staff or anything. They just use their hands. Yeah, they can't ever be disarmed. Yeah. Yeah. You can use a hand on a staff if you want. Exactly. You've read my files. (laughs) (laughs) You've been reading my diary. (laughs) Um, So, and we will come back next week and do um, 789. But this has been another mini episode of Cinema Vino looking at Vox Machina. Uh, Trav, Sean, thank you guys so much. And we're going to come back and do our Valentine's Day date movie spectacular. We're going to do Super Bad next. So, thanks for having us. Yeah, you guys are real sweet. Love not, y'all. Not with a bang, but with with a whimper. Yeah. If you're interested in starting your very own podcast, Blueberry is one of the top hosting companies in the world. You can get your first month free with Blueberry by using the promo code CinemaVino. You can also use the hosting estimator on their site to determine the best plan for you. And don't forget that Cinema Vino to get your first month free. Be sure to listen, rate, and subscribe at Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Our website is at cinemavino.net, and reviews of these movies can be found at toddwaffordmovies.com. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.